chances are you think you're a good listener. People's appraisal of their listening ability is much like their assessment of their driving skills, in that the great bulk of adults think they're above average. Today, we are discussing an article Jack Zenger wrote for Harvard Business Review titled, What Great Listeners Actually Do. It was the lead article in Harvard's Emotional Intelligence series book, Mindful Listening. Welcome to the 90th Percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast by Zenger Folkman. Each week, using research from over 1.5 million global assessments, we analyze different leadership traits, trends, and what it really takes for leaders to get to the 90th percentile. I'm your host, Brianna Corin, and with me today is a man who spent a lot of time in life listening, Jack Zenger. Well, Brianne, my wife reminds me periodically that I'm far from being a perfect listener. <laughs> I'm going to venture out and say that I believe most people are not born with the skill of being a great listener. Jack, you described that most people think good listening comes down to doing three things. Not talking when others are speaking, letting others know you're listening through facial expressions and verbal sounds, and being able to repeat what others have said practically word for word. And when I think back to the advice that I've received in my life on listening, these are exactly the suggestions that I received. In your article, you argue that these behaviors fall far short of describing good listening skills. So how did you discover what great listeners do? Well, Brianne, we analyzed data describing the behavior of some 3,492 participants in a development program that was designed to help managers become better coaches. As part of this program, their coaching skills were assessed by others using 360-degree feedback assessments. We then identified those who were perceived as being the most effective listeners the top 5%. We then compared the best listeners to the average of all people in that data set. And then with those results in hand, we identified the differences between great and average listeners and analyzed the data in a way to determine what characteristics their colleagues identified and saw that made this top 5% so outstanding. Mm -hmm. We found some surprising conclusions along with some qualities that we expected to hear, and we grouped them into four main findings. First one was, good listening is much more than being silent while the other person talks. To the contrary, uh, people perceive the best listeners to be those who periodically ask questions uh, that promote discovery and insight. These questions usually gently challenge old assumptions, but they do that in a very constructive kind of way. So sitting there silently, just nodding, does not provide sure evidence that a person is truly listening. <laughs> it's probably true. But, but asking a good question tells the speaker that the listener has not only heard what was said, but that they comprehended it well enough to want further information. So. Good listening was consistently seen as a two-way dialogue rather than a one-way speaker, listener, kind of hearer interaction. In summary, the best conversations were active. 
And the second one you wrote about, um, I'm going to quote this. You said, good listening included interactions that build a person's self-esteem. The best listeners made the conversation a positive experience for the other party, which doesn't happen when the listener is passive or, for that matter, critical. Good listeners made the other person feel supported and conveyed confidence in them. Good listening was characterized by the creation of a safe environment in which issues and differences could be discussed openly. And when I read this, it reminded me of the times that I have been describing my work to a boss. And while I am talking to them, I'm reading their facial expressions and I'm thinking to myself, oh no, they hate it. They're so bored. (laughs) And it makes me just want to stop talking and I don't want to share anymore. But I have also been in the room with leaders who stopped multitasking, stopped writing an email, and listened in such a positive way that it made me feel like they trusted me and valued what I had to say. And as a result, I felt more energized and excited about the work I was doing. Good listening does energize the other person. The third finding we made was that good listening creates a cooperative conversation. In these interactions, feedback flowed smoothly in both directions, with neither party becoming defensive about comments that the other person made. By contrast, poor listeners were seen as competitive, as listening only to identify errors in reasoning or logic, using silence as a chance simply to to prepare their next response. You know, that might make you an excellent debater, but it doesn't make you a good listener. Good listeners may challenge assumptions and and disagree, but the person being listened to feels that the listener is trying to help, not wanting to win an argument. The last finding was that good listeners tended to make suggestions. Good listening invariably included some feedback provided in a way others would accept, and that opened up alternative paths to consider. You know, this finding somewhat surprised me since it's not uncommon to hear complaints that so-and-so didn't listen. He or she just jumped in and tried to solve the problem. (laughs) Uh, The important point is that good listening is not passive. Again, it's active. Perhaps what the data is telling us is that making suggestions is not the problem. It may be the skill with which those suggestions are made. There also seems to be a difference between the good listener offering an observation or a question in contrast to jumping in with advice. Another possibility is that we're more likely to accept suggestions from people we already think are good listeners. Someone who is silent for the whole conversation and then jumps in with a suggestion may not be seen as all that credible. Someone who seems combative or critical and then tries to give advice may not be seen as trustworthy. One of my favorite analogies you gave was, quote, while many of us have thought of being a good listener, being like a sponge that accurately absorbs what other people are saying, instead, what these findings show is that good listeners are like trampolines. They are someone you can bounce ideas off of. And rather than absorbing your ideas and energy, They amplify, energize, and clarify your thinking. 
They make you feel better, not merely passively absorbing, but actively supporting. This lets you gain energy and height, just like someone jumping on a trampoline. <laughs> Many conversations would benefit from greater focus and listening skill. So you broke up listening into different levels. Could you describe some situations and what level of listening is required? You bet. Let me start by describing the level of listening and then make some observations about when those levels are appropriate. Let's acknowledge that not every interaction requires the highest levels of listening. If my wife wants me to pick up something at the grocery store, I need to listen to be sure I'm going to get what she really wanted, but it doesn't require a deep conversation uh, <laughs> of the kind that I'm going to ultimately describe to you. But if I sense that, that, that we're going to talk about a complex, sensitive, very important topic to her, this calls for me to do several things. First, I need to provide the right environment. Level one is that the listener creates a safe environment in which a difficult or complex or emotional issue can be discussed. I think what struck me the most is that the most basic level of listening, a person is supposed to feel safe. If I stick my head into your office because my kid just threw up at school and I have to run and get her, even though I'm presenting at a meeting, I'm not afraid of that conversation. I know you'll understand. What's next? Level two is that the listener needs to get himself or herself into the right mindset. And I believe that that happens through some physical things that the listener does. The good listener closes the laptop, <laughs> shuts off the phone, moves away all the distractions on the desk so that they maintain eye contact with the person that they're talking with. And the argument I want to make is that this behavior is not only conveying messages to the other person, it strongly influences how you, the listener, feel inside, how you are, how are you, what your mindset is. Acting the part changes how you feel inside, and this in turn makes you a better listener. These acts are as much for you as they are for the person you are listening to. The third level gets into the motivation and mindset of the listener. It is that the listener needs to fully understand the substance of what the other person is saying. They capture the idea, they ask questions, they restate the issues to confirm that their understanding is really correct. But rather than just merely repeating what the other person says, they kind of rephrase it. They create a new metaphor. They, they want to show that they really get the point. Not a robot. Not a robot. <laughs> the next level takes this whole process a step further. The listener observes the nonverbal cues, the facial expressions. They notice whether the person is perspiring, whether there's a rash on their face, <laughs> uh, whether there's, you know, their, their gestures, their posture. There's a number of other subtle body language signals. You know, it's estimated that 80% of what we communicate comes from these physical signals. It sounds strange to, to some but you listen with your eyes even more than you do with your ears. I know many people 
struggle to read nonverbal cues. So uh, what's something you have done to improve your awareness? You know, one of the things I've learned is that if you're watching television, it's fun to kind of sometimes turn the sound completely down and just see how much of the story can you capture by just watching what the people are doing. And it really is amazing how accurate you can be just by watching facial expressions and the body language that communicates so much. Interesting. I'm going to try that. So next, listening means more than understanding ideas or arguments that someone else is making. It also means understanding the emotion that is wrapped around those ideas. Mm-hmm. For everyone that has a strong point of view, feels very passionately, very, very intensely about any topic, that means that there's not only an idea, but there's some, there's some emotion wrapped around that. And the good listener not only captures the idea, but they're able to capture what that emotion is. And finally, when we come to the highest level of real listening, and this level is that the listener, by asking questions, can help clarify the assumptions that the other person holds and helps the other person to see their issue in a new light. This may include the listener injecting his or her thoughts and ideas about the topic that could be useful to the other person. That doesn't mean that they hijack the conversation and bring it back to themselves. But the highest level of listening, in my opinion, is that ability to help the other person think of their issue in a new way, see it with, a, with an eagle eye view, see it in a new perspective. Um, and so you see that each of these levels builds on the others. I'm going to be honest. I feel like that it sounds kind of hard <laughs> to do all that. <laughs> Maybe I'm just a terrible listener. But um, yeah, that just seems like a lot. What, what level of listening do you think a majority of leaders use? <laughs> well, I think that um, it's not often that you encounter a leader who often gets to this higher level of listening that we've just discussed. But I don't think that all conversations require that. So we don't get lots of practice in, in doing that. I guess what maybe the, the fundamental message of what I've tried, you know, tried to say here in the last few minutes is that we all ought to be working to move to a higher level and do that more often. So Jack, during this conversation, I wasn't distracted. I sought to understand and ask questions. I, I watched your nonverbal cues through my Zoom screen. So I, I at least got to a level four today, right? <laughs> I hope so, and I think so, yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know, our hope is that this research will, will help by providing maybe a new perspective on listening and to, to, to talk about its, its, you know, its further reaches. Uh, we hope that those who labor under any illusion of superiority about their listening will see where they really stand. Uh, we also hope that the good listening is mainly about acting like an absorbent sponge we hope that will wane. Finally, we hope all will see that the highest and best form of listening 
comes in playing the same role for the other person. The trampoline plays for a child. It gives energy, it gives acceleration, it gives height, amplification. These are the hallmarks of great listening. The 90th Percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast, was written and recorded by Brianna Corrin and Jack Zanger, with music by Pleasant Pictures and produced by Zanger Folkman. If you like our show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. For more information about Zanger Folkman's leadership assessment offerings and to read the article and research we referenced in our episode today, go to zangerfolkman.com and search podcast. <laughs>